Is everybody ready for Launched Live? Okay. I plan on having them sit in the front of the stage with the podium, but we're not going to touch anything. So they're off to the side. So if you guys can just imagine what Charlie looks like sitting at a table over there. If you can't see him, that'd be great. All right. Uh, Launch Live from Chicago. Let's go. Welcome to Launched, live in Chicago at the Deep Dish Swift Developer Conference. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm excited to bring you the CEO of RevenueCat, Jacob Eiding. Oh, that was amazing. Hi, everybody. Been... Thank you for having me on this podcast at a hotel. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this should be interesting. Um, so before we get started, I'm going to do the super professional podcasting thing here. And I have like disclosures to make, which is interesting. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really exciting for those of you who've never listened to the show, probably. But uh, Revenue Cat, he's the CEO of Revenue Cat. Uh, I added sponsors this year to the show for the first time. And one of the sponsors is Revenue Cat. Not for this episode, but, you know, that's a thing. Um, and also a thing that some way more people know than I was intending because I was trying to be all secretive here. Uh, in what is today? Today is Monday. In a week, I will be an employee of Revenue Cat. So thank you. Yeah. So this, this was planned, Josh. Like most of this conference, uh, it went from a funny joke or idea to a thing that's. Extremely real very quickly. Um, so this like thing was planned a long time ago uh, before I had sponsorships and definitely before there was an idea of me working for you. Uh, so that's not the reason for this. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I had a really easy interview. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I just so I really want to assure you all that just the journalistic integrity around. is going to be there. The hard hitting questions that you're used to. Uh, we'll definitely be here. So <laughs> I and like most of these notes were prepared way ahead of time. I know it's weird to use your phone, but John Gruber did uh, for the talk show. So I feel like super, super know, professional, cool right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So journalism, we're still intact here. This so. is very much journalism. <laughs> yeah. Podcast journalism one one. So first question. Uh, what is it like being the greatest CEO of all time? Well, that's a great, that's a great question, Charlie. So, no. <laughs> yeah. I really want you to answer that. It's a good gag. I would, <laughs> I, the answer is I wouldn't know. Uh, so. Okay. All right. Well, that was really awkward. So here we go. So let's actually do the thing. Uh, what I normally say is before we get going, I want everyone to know who, uh, get an idea of who you are. So okay. the three questions uh, I always ask is where are you from? Do you have a formal education related to what you do? And what was your career like leading up to Revenue Cat? Oh, boy. How much time do we have? So where am I from? I'm from a very small town in the Midwest. Yeah. Which is why this conference is very exciting to me. To have a real computer conference in the Midwest is very exciting. But I'm from Ohio, a small town called Versailles, like the one in France, but pronounced like you're from Ohio. <laughs> uh, and I, I grew up there. Didn't really have computers exposed to me much. You know, I just thought they were cool. And my dad would bring them home from the factory or whatever. And when there were spare computers that were going to get thrown away. And that's how I kind of got into them, fixing them, putting them together, stuff like that. Um, so that's the first question. Where mm -hmm. am I from? Formal education. So I went to uh, college. I did go to college. 
uh, the Ohio State University. This is a very Midwest uh, show. Um, I actually studied physics okay. in school because I, I got, um, in like 10th grade, I got Stephen Hawking's Brief History of Time and that from the library. It was the, the only book we had in the library. <laughs> it's it's and, a big building with one yeah, book in one the middle. Book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually saw this. I was at the li- I live that town now. I saw that same copy recently. I was like, wow, that was an influential book for me. Wait, you have the same copy that you checked out from yeah, the yeah, library? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, what's the overdue fee on yeah, that? Yeah, no, no, I don't have it. It's, but yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, anyway, uh, so yeah, I actually studied physics in college. I didn't know really what I was going to do with my life, but um, I quickly learned that most physics is done with computers. Did you mm. know this? Most like everything is done with computers. So I started working in physics labs, and they were like, great, can you write scripts for us? And I was like, sure. If this is doing physics, I guess I'm doing physics now. Scripts in like what Pi- language? Uh, Python. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, has anybody heard of LabVIEW? Hmm? No? LabVIEW? LabVIEW. Any LabVIEW fans Anybody? Yeah, oh, look at that. Yeah. That's surprising. That's, what if you wanted to program, but instead with wires? That's super <laughs> fun. Uh, and, and that's how I got my start, like cutting my teeth on that. And then this would have been just a timeline wise, this has been like 2005, 2006. So um, if anybody remembers in 2007, a little device came out that was a communicator, an email device and something else. The uh, T-Mobile G1. Yeah, that, that yeah the sidekick. The side, yeah, the sidekick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, I got really into Java now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it was, you know, the iPhone came out around that time and I just, right place, right time. I was like, let's see what this is about. I actually got the Big Nerd Ranch book in anticipation. If I did anything, one thing right ever, it was knowing like six or nine months before the SDK came out to like, maybe I should learn Mac development because Mm. I think that might have something to do with what iOS development will be. It was a good call. Bought the Big Nerd Ranch book, learned like Cocoa whatever that was and like how to program like Mac apps in the old days. Lots of curly braces. Lots of so many brackets. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and brackets. learned Objective C and all that stuff. And and then yeah, when the iPhone came out, that was kind of that was kind of it for me. I just started building apps. Actually I had an SDK company when I was in college in two thousand eight. It did not go well. Second time <laughs> it's going a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, that was it. I got then I got pulled into Apple it's out of college. So I my you guys are gonna love this. My first job was in the SDK QA team at Apple. And I had the wonderful responsibility of every day installing Xcode. <laughs> every day. And then being like, can it make an app? Yes, yes. And then when it was no, that was exciting. Because then it was like, we got, we got, it, we got a problem here. But so is that I, as a QA? Is that yeah, the was, official? Okay. Yeah, I was on the QA team. It was actually a really good job because what it was, it was installing the Xcode part's the funny, miserable part of it. But, but uh, really, I was uh, QAing the SDKs. So it would yeah. be like, you know, we were launching at that time, like StoreKit was pretty new at that time. I'm trying to think what other stuff was coming out. They were redoing. Um, View Controller was getting a big overhaul. This would have been like iOS 5, iOS 4, iOS 5. And it was such a great experience to cut my teeth for a year at Apple, seeing how the sausage is made. Like the way that come, I mean, and you all were staying here because we're working on their platforms, but they make software in a very unique way. Like they know how to put the passion in. They know how to just honestly just grind it out. They're like every day there's bugs and we're going to smash them until it's really good. Right. And, and watching that process was a big like influence on, you know, how I made software going forward. 
I, I forget what your question was. Have I gone like way off the rails? Uh, that's the point of this show. Oh, okay. Off the rails. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So good. this is perfect. But anyway, I guess fast forward just the career summary. I did that for a year, and then obviously after a year, I was like done installing Xcode. So I was like, at least I want to do that once a quarter and not every day. So like I uh, I left that and then worked at a small company called Mino Monsters. We, we made a Pokemon clone. And Whoa. does anybody remember Coco's 2D? Yeah. Wow. Sprites. This was before GameKit and all that stuff. Um, so I made games on iPhone. On the iPhone. On the iPhone. Okay. It was supposed to be a Pokemon clone. So pocket uh, collecting pocket monsters. Kinda, I guess. yeah. Okay. okay. Um, that was fun. I did a little voice acting for that too. If anybody has the old. You did the yeah. voice oh, yeah, acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. We were so those, fi- those files somewhere out there. They're somewhere. They're somewhere. Um, that game's been discontinued, but I'm still the admin of the Reddit. And like, <laughs> it's been like ten years now. And kids will DM me being like, will you please bring back the old Mino Monsters game? It's really like, I'm like, I can't, but I wish I could. I mean, uh, you made something that means something yeah, to people. Yeah, to some, so to that's some cool. people, not enough yeah, yeah. to be a commercially sure, viable, sure. but it was, you know, <laughs> somebody liked it. Um, so anyway, I did that. And then, and then I guess like the precursor to where, you know, where we're sitting now, I, I joined this company at the time, it was called Mind Snacks, um, which we were making language learning apps that were, they, we had, there was an app for every language and they were $4.99 and you bought them and they were yours forever. And this was pretty good in 2012. This was a great little model. They were making money, things were good. And then Duolingo came out. I think there's some Duolingo people here. So you killed my second company. <laughs> uh, but Duolingo came out and was like, yeah, what if it were like better and free? And we were like, well, okay, <laughs> what are we gonna do? Uh, and that was, that was a, you know, I joined this company and we were like 40 people. I was just like the hot new engineer or whatever. And, um, we started working on this new project, which eventually became this app called Elevate, which had two things there is one, we were, we, we were really lucky. The app was really well designed. It was a brain training app, became app of the app of the year. It was, uh, say that again. It was a what training app? Brain training. Brain training. Brain training. It was okay. like little mind games. Okay. Brain yeah. Games yeah. Make you smarter, supposedly. Uh, and so, sorry. Uh, and uh, people love it. It's a good app. Um, and we got app of the year in 2014, but what we did right before, this was literally, and this is a really heroic story that's not mine to tell because it wasn't my company, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, like company was kind of on, we were, we were getting there like bank account was getting a little low and we were trying to raise money and it wasn't working. And we, we had gotten, um, editor's choice that spring and we were like, okay, editor's choice. But like, we were still trying to do the like pay once model. Do, does the editor's choice thing make much of a difference? It used to be a big deal. Okay. Cause like it, in, like up it until feels like, like it feels or it looks like it would feel very good, but you always wonder if it's that makes not an as good as impact. it used to be. Okay. It used to be when you got editor's choice, you were like on the front page of the app store for a week. And it was like, oh yeah, oh, that wow, era. It was sweet. And then you got the little laurels that came later, and like all that. But like, yeah, it was a big deal. So you would get that. But anyway, we got that, and that was a great oh boost. But like, we couldn't raise money. It was like kind of stretch. Anyway, and two things happened. In November, we added subscriptions to the app, kind of as a hail mary. <laughs> like, let's see if people will pay recurring for this. And this was auto renewing was a thing. Yes. Then? Okay. So okay. this was yeah. It was at the same. We we were also saved by the trends because if y'all remember, you couldn't subscriptions unless you were like a newspaper they had like really they had a lot of restrictions they weren't really comfortable with recurring fees for software at the time and so um they 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 were loosening it up and we're like okay we read the like you know app store legalese and we're like okay i think we can sneak this in like i think they're gonna let us do it and and they did and we got it in and then uh literally it was like six days later we got a call from app store editorial like hey uh you guys are app of the year and we're like oh (laughs) great uh because we were almost out of money but we're gonna tell you that anyway 
Uh, and so those two things happened and, and yeah, became a real big boon for that company. And that's, that's the precursor to this story, which is that implementation of StoreKit wasn't the greatest. We did it in like, you know, a few weeks and we didn't know what we were doing. And then suddenly, which wouldn't have been a problem if we had no customers, but then suddenly like we had like thousands of subscribers yeah. and a really bad infrastructure. And Miguel, who's in the room, my, my, my co-founder, we spent a lot of time, there he is, hi Miguel. Uh, we spent a lot of time basically undoing, we spent three years undoing two weeks of bad yeah, choices. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's had that experience here. It's a good uh, problem to have. Yeah, um, and that, that became the genesis for like, why is this so hard? This should be, like Apple's not really solving this for everybody and there's a lot that you need to build to make subscriptions easy. And that was then, you know, what pushed me into Revenue Cat since my whole life, so. So yeah, I'm curious about that kind of transition is like, you know, you were working at a company, you saw this problem, and then fast forward, now you run a company to solve that problem. Were you always kind of looking for, were you entrepreneurial or whatever? Were you wanting to start a company? Or was it, you know, something else that kind of evolved into that? Do you want the pre benda therapy answer or the post benda therapy answer? Ooh, the most entertaining, really. Oh, um, so I had always just wanted to start a company, which I've learned now is kind of a stupid reason to start a company. <laughs> um, and, and then the post-therapy answer is like, well, I had entrepreneurs in my family, and I'm trying to prove myself, yada, 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 th th those sort of things. So, but that was kind of my motivation is like I always, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of us work this way. Is like there were people I looked up to yeah. that had done it, right? And I wanted to show them, you know, I wanted to earn their love, I guess. But honestly, <laughs> like I just wanted to do it. It looked cool, right? Um, and so that was the motivation. So like when I, when I left Elevate, I actually... My first thing wasn't like, let's go do an in-app purchase SDK, my dream. Um, <laughs> it was a bit, more, a bit more lofty than that. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll do some sort of hardware play, or I was getting really into AI ML stuff. I actually applied to OpenAI. That was the only other company I Man, dodged to. a bullet. They're Ask going me. nowhere. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't want that stock. <laughs> <laughs> um, and luckily, they didn't want to give it to me. Um, so, uh, and, and it's, it's, it, there was this period, like six months, um, after I had worked, you know, I was 30 years old. I had worked continuously from when I was 18 to, and I was like, I just need to like take some time off to think about what I want to do next. Honestly, the most miserable six months of my life, <laughs> like after you took off or that's why you took off. No, after I left my job and was like, I'm just gonna explore my, you know, passions. And I was like miserable. I don't <laughs> know why I just didn't have anything. I don't know. I didn't have a direction. I didn't know what I was yeah, doing. Purpose. I, yeah. Purpose. I mean, I guess podcasters don't know this, but there was a whole talk this morning about, you know, having purpose is a key to happiness. Yeah, and like, when you lose that, it's kind and of it doesn't have really to be, hard. There's no right purpose necessarily. Yeah, like yeah. you just need something. And I didn't have anything. It was like, you know, I was free, but miserable. But anyway, so I did that for six months and I was like, I, I should do this business thing. And I was like, okay, uh, electrical airplanes. Uh, I don't know anything about airplanes or electrical <laughs> stuff. Okay, maybe not the best idea. AI, I'm, I'm kind of a neophyte. Maybe it's not a good idea. And it was just like at the bottom of the list was in-app purchase SDK. And I just kept going <laughs> until I was like, well, I guess I'm making an in-app purchase SDK. And I'm so, so glad I did for obvious reasons. One, it was like on that list, it was the only thing I was good at. So I was like, pick something you're good at as a general thing in life. <laughs> like if you're good at something, unless you want to learn to get something new, that's of course a different thing. But yeah. I'm not good at, I wasn't good at running a business. So I knew nothing about building a business, any of that. So I'm glad I picked 
at least something I knew something about. Like that part was somewhat easy, um, but uh, that was that was that was the motivation, right? Um, to, to do that that problem, and then yeah, to start it, I just I don't know. It seemed like a fun challenge, I guess. So okay, so you have a piece of paper with a bunch of stuff crossed out and uh, in-app purchase SDK circled. Then what? Like how do you how do you start that? Uh, file new project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, wow, it's relatable. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, how did it actually start? Well, first I was like scheming to see how I could get Miguel to quit his job. That was like the first thing in my head, um, and I was like. Uh, he's a serious person. And so I need to show him that this is a good idea. Um, and so I was like, I, I put together, actually I did, I did kind of like the thing you would, you know, if you Google how or say chat GPT, how do I start a business? It'd be like one, start a business plan. So I like did that. Okay. And honestly, that was a better exercise than I ever expected. Like, cause it just forced me, you know, if you, if you have an idea for a business or something you want to build and mm, this might be mixed advice. Cause like it, but, 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 you should at least spend a couple hours being like, why will this fail, right? Because there's always going to be a million reasons it'll fail. Like it will probably fail. Most businesses fail. But if you write them down, you'll at least see it coming. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you'll at least... It's like uh, uh, what, whenever a company is preparing for an IPO, they yes, like exactly. start the risks, there. Right? Yeah, yeah. You need to outline your risks. And a lot of people say that's helpful, even if you're not planning the yeah. IPO. Yeah. And because, so I go yeah. back to this doc kind of annually when I'm doing planning and stuff like this. And it, I mean, I, I kind of called the shot. Like all this, there's a lot of stuff in there that I was like, yeah, that's kind of how it played out. And so not all of it, obviously, but um, so I kind of did that first. And this is something I think when folks are thinking about launching something, just there's just some basic things you want to do. Like one, am I the right person, right founder fit? Like do, am, what can I bring to this that nobody else can potentially? And I was like, I don't know how many people are great in app purchases. I think I'm pretty good. So maybe that's something I can bring. Um, and then you want to think about the market. Like, okay. So I just was like, how many apps are there? Right. I was like, oh, there's a lot. How many have subscriptions? Mm, not as many. Maybe that's an opportunity. I don't know. Like, let's see. But, but I had this conviction at that time that like, I saw this work for Elevate. I saw us go from like on the ropes to a business. Was, was your original thinking the four companies that didn't already have them? Like with the, you know, initial version? The initial version was literally anybody who would put it in their app. I had well, no, I fair like, <laughs> <laughs> You were talking about making a business plan. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I can't... Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it was... I re really didn't focus on the, like, rip and replace. We call it the rip and replace use case then. Um, but yeah, it was both. Like, I, I remember being like, okay, for new apps, I knew it was going to be easier, which is true. So, like, when you're starting something new, like, getting infrastructure in, it's much easier to pull something off the shelf when it's yeah, like, right. in the beginning. Um, but those are by definition often very, very small customers, right? Like they're just getting started. Like they're probably not going to generate a lot of revenue. So I also knew we had to have the, you know, replacement case in place, but we kind of focused on that later. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't, yeah, I'm not, not sure how much I thought about that. The one thing I remember thinking about is the dynamics of just like adding more businesses we grow, mm -hmm. but then also as our businesses grow, we grow. Right. And that's a, really powerful. As our businesses, meaning your Sorry, customers. Yeah, as our customer yeah. portfolio of businesses grow, like we grow with them. And I was like, so that times that, like that's good, right? Like both yeah, numbers go. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 I was like, that <laughs> seems nice, especially coming from consumer where it's like, yeah, you'll just lose 20% of your customers every month. Like yeah. that's, that's tough. Um, and so I was like, okay. And that was kind of all I needed to do, right? I was like, the market's big enough. I know how to do it. I, I, I know how to build it. Like, 
like let's go like i can and then then it was file new project so yeah yeah okay (laughs) so you eventually convince miguel to join you yes and then what you guys just uh, bought a garage. Didn't you take a lot of convincing, garage, right? to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I drew one diagram in his in his in his bedroom. Or I, actually, I, I don't know if I did this on purpose, but I think I started started poorly architecting it, and he was like, no, 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 ah, no, no, yeah. no, no, this is how you need to do it, right? <laughs> and then then it was over. I got him on board. Okay, so then you two just start going to town building this SDK? Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting situation. Like, Miguel was in a green crowd process, so he was still working to, like, maintain that, and I was full-time. I was focusing on the SDKs. I, I, we would, I made the iOS SDK. We made the... Oh, I, should, I wish I had a screenshot. That would have been really good. The first, like, version of our dashboard was horrendous. <laughs> it was my first React app. Um, we built that. Miguel was working on the back end. Um, and, you know, we started in like September, October, November. We like launched in November on Reddit and stuff. And, or no, it was early December we launched. And I was like, I put, <laughs> so funny. I put, I put invite codes because like, I don't want this thing to run away from me, you know? Like I need to keep some control <laughs> on it. Uh, and then I had like six people request invite codes. And I was like, well, they're all going to get invite codes, I guess. So this, this initial launch was primarily through like social channels then? Yeah, I just read it. Okay. Just read it. I just went on Reddit and was like, hi, I made a thing. Uh, I do iOS apps. And I've been doing them for a while. Try to be you know, the, the like the you know uh, you've probably seen the act now like the I'm an iOS person just yeah, like yeah. right like the whole thing which is it's true, um, and it was like eighty percent favorable and then twenty percent what is it uh, uh, middleman uh, our, our tagline was like in-app subscriptions made easy and the there's a, still this the one hater because you always remember the haters said uh, rip off middlemen made easy Oof. and I will never forget that. <laughs> and every it's like every time we have a good moment like we hit a new revenue milestone or something I just like paste that screenshot into <laughs> chat I'm like here you go the rip off middlemen made easy again here we go but oh, yeah we man. put it on reddit and then um, there was this app I don't know if anybody remembers design plus code um, is, it that, was this, is that the one for like you build a design and it'll spit out. No, they were like, they did like classes for coders and designers to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was this, this guy, Meng To. Like, um, anyway, they were our very, very first customer. Like they, oh, wow. they were like, and they kind of didn't tell me. I just like, you know, you're watching the logs and you're like, is something going to come up? Something. And then one day it's like, boop, there was a purchase. And I was like, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> um, and you know, that was four months until we got that very first purchase. And then it was, then there was my little boost, right? Yeah. Uh, a little boost. And then it was like, okay, we get one app, maybe we can get two. <laughs> right. And then next month it was four more weeks. We try to get two. And at this time I'm like begging, right? Like everybody sure. who signs up, I'm personally emailing being like, hi, how can I help you? Can I, op- can I do the X code for you? What, what do you need? Like, well, you have to sort of like counteract the fact that like embedding an SDK in your app, especially something related to money, uh, there's a lot of trust. Yeah, they should have there. never trusted me. That was a bad, bad <laughs> the, decision. You had no uh, like, you know, logo list to show or something. So Nothing. you kind of had to have had a that LinkedIn very profile. personal. <laughs> and I knew what Xcode was. That was kind of it. Um, yeah, and like that probably should have been the first sign that maybe we were onto something. Whereas like the pain of StoreKit is so bad that people are willing to trust me, <laughs> right? Like that, that was maybe the first, the first, you know, the f- signs that maybe, maybe some, we had something here, but uh, yeah, at the time it was just like, you know, very, very slow. Like that's crazy. It's always interesting. Like 
you know, I've interviewed a lot of people for this, and there's there's two different stories. There's the like, you make a thing and it just does nothing and does nothing for a long time. Maybe you even take a break for a while, and then something happens and it takes off. And then there's the big splashy launches, which mm. is the ones you feel like you always hear about. Mm. So I would have guessed that yours was more on the big splashy side, but it well, one of our launches was. So this is a thing that you can do. Advice time is you can just keep launching. Like nobody, if you launch and nobody sees, like you never launch. Just launched. try again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that like, makes sense. And we did, like, so, like we. Uh, so you just put like grand opening on your yes, restaurant yes, three exactly. weekends it's like, in a row. You can tell this banner's been up for years. <laughs> that says grand opening. Super sun faded. Exactly, <laughs> and it and it it's a little dishonest, but like. I didn't say how long the grand opening was, right? Like, it's, uh, it's still grand. Uh, uh, <laughs> and open. Yeah, and open. Yeah, like, yeah. definitionally true. Um, so, so yeah, and, and we did. So, like, you know, progressively, we, we, we went through a couple other launches until, you know, things started to actually pick up. So. so, so you, like, would do big marketing-y launches of new features or literally just... It's the same Introducing thing. Revenue Cat, the new thing that never existed before. No, like, no. So, we we had an interesting. So we 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 kind of were in this state of it was up, but like I wasn't really promoting it. It was mostly me like showing it to friends and being like, "Is this interesting to you?" Well, first of all, is is this interesting to you? What do you think of my idea? And then two, it was like, "Can I put it in your app, please? <laughs> um, you don't have to pay me. Just let me put my code in your app." And that was actually really, really useful because even if I had friends that weren't motivated to do it, I was like in their app, seeing what their call structures were and their code architecture was, and I learned a ton yeah. about why my SDK was good, why not, like, and made and you could just iterate. Right at that point, it's like, "Oh, that's dumb. Fix it." Right, and and that was very, very helpful. Meanwhile, we were like open for business, but like nobody was really signing up. Um, and then. That would have been through like the spring of 2018, and then then we applied to Y Combinator, and that was like the kind of when. Also, when I started to take it seriously, I was like, oh, I guess this is a real job now. <laughs> like, what was that like? Like, did you feel like when you applied, you're like, oh no, I need to be like a business business now? Um, I don't know what I was thinking. I think um, I I guess like I I I now sort of regret why I applied because I think at the time I was in some way seeking validation, mm. right? I was like, I needed somebody with authority to tell me it was a good idea. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. Cause it, it was helpful and it like made our business. Like I, I don't think I would have, I, I learned, we, Miguel and I learned a ton in that three months and they invested and gave us connections and, and some, and we got a ton of customers through YC as right. well. Like, well, like we were just talking about that validation. Well, not the validation for you uh, it's personally, both, right? But the validation, <laughs> that's social proof, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah, word for but it. But it like, was like internal social proof too. Was part right. of it, right? It's like, okay, I am, I am, I am a real business. Let's go, right? Um, which is in somewhat embarrassing now to think I needed that, but hey, I needed it, right? So, and who cares how it, it came along? And um, but. But that was, that was, you know, I think when Miguel and I were kind of like maybe half foot in, half foot out, like up to that point, we didn't really know. Once we knew like, hey, these folks are going to give us some money and like, we, you know, Miguel quit his job. Like we just, we just, that's when we just hit the gas and haven't really stopped since. <laughs> so. <laughs> so was the, was the first, well, the first many versions, uh, were you iOS only at first and then yeah. eventually came to Android? Yeah. Well, so we, it was 
only iOS in the beginning. I always knew that cross-platform was going to be important. We were cross-platform at Elevate, and so I just got to see it's it's a non-linear complexity thing. It's yeah. it's complexity A times complexity B, right? Um, but like obviously, I w- didn't have the time to. Bu- I didn't need two SDKs to validate a lot of what I needed, so we just stuck with one. But then when we got into YC, I had <laughs> sometimes it's good to like set. Like, like tell people you're going to do something. Because in the YC application, I said, we will have the Android ready by the time YC starts. And that and we got accepted. I was like, well, it did say in there I was going to have it ready by the time we started. So and then I built the, the Android SDK really fast. And that was actually good because the iOS SDK had been had some iterations on it. Mm-hmm. Then I could just kind of copy. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's different, you but a lot learned. of ways the same. And right. I've done Android in the past as well. So Okay, that was what I was going to ask. I was like, yeah, yeah that's a... The last time, I, last time I touched Java, I think, but <laughs> <laughs> thankfully... Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we launched Android around the same time, um, which didn't prove to be all that valuable in the beginning, but it has proven to be really important. It feels like it would matter the, like the bigger the customers get. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, for sure. That's a huge part of the value add is, uh, reducing the complexity is the whole pitch and the complexity gets so much bigger as you add more platforms. Especially when Android still like doesn't make as much generally so it does make significant money especially if your brand is big but then it also i think something people don't consider is if you're trying to achieve any amount of virality um having android is really important because what you don't want is somebody who's ready to promote and then they go to somebody with an android and they're like they can't tell you yeah like you know i you know how many times as an android user you're probably like oh cool an app great like i can't use it because I'm on Android, right? Is there an Android one, right? Right. Um, so, you know, if you have Android, then you kind of open up those channels for promotion and virality and things like that. But it's definitely not something you want to do early, right? So Right. Yeah, exactly. You want to get that right on the one platform yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was curious about just Android and subscriptions in general. This is a great topic for an iOS conference. Yeah. Uh, but like... Let's talk Kotlin. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's, at least for people like me who are definitely very ignorant... Uh, there's a oh, me too. That's great. Yeah, perfect. That in common. <laughs> um, there's an idea that like it doesn't work on Android at all. Like ads are the only thing that mm. could possibly work, or selling data or something like that. Yeah. Um, I guess <laughs> is that true? No, <laughs> I can tell you no. It does not work as well. So like you know, and it's it's iPhones are more expensive, right? So people that have iPhones typically have more disposable income and are going to have higher conversion rates, higher retention rates. People, you know, money correlates really well with how much people spend, right? right? So you kind of just can kind of assume that. It's not boldly true for all Android users, obviously. It's, you know, a much bigger platform. There's more Android That's the devices, thing. There's way right? more people. You can't really generalize an Android user, right? It's like, a, it's a very, yeah, like in different countries and different even stores and all this stuff. But no, it, it works. Like we have significant amount of revenue on Android coming through our system and um but again it's like you know 10 might be 10 20 30 percent and so that's not super important when you're just trying to get that first thing right right um it's yeah but like you said having it as a almost like it's a feature of the ios app yeah in some Uh, ways well i think the business i want to speak for curtis i don't know where he is but i think he's talked about this before uh shake your head no if this is the case but like having slopes on android I've literally watched this happen with my friends who are skiers before, uh, made it more viable to them because like when they go skiing with their friends, they all want to use the same thing. Right. right? Yep. And so even if Android's not making that much, it's, it's a feature yeah, for even if the you don't iPhone user it, yeah, exactly. that Android I mean, supports it's just it. 
consumer expectations are yeah. that if you're serious, you'll have both, right? And that's obviously not true, right? But like, because <laughs> I, I'm saying I'm up here saying do not make an Android app, essentially. But at some scale, there is a consumer expectation that you have it. But it is it's non-trivial, right? It takes a lot right. of work. It's there's not a lot you can share, and yeah, I, I don't recommend it for most people. You know, that makes sense. So another thing that's like interesting about your business, I guess it really is all you know, iOS or Android developers, but especially true, I think for you guys is like kind of the dependence on the platforms themselves. So mm-hmm. like StoreKit and uh, Google Play API, is that what's Google called? Google Play Billing. Google Play Billing, that's right, yeah. My best friend. <laughs> uh, but like part of your whole pitch is those things are really complicated, uh, but they change all the time. How does that like impact how your company operates? Because something new can come out and you have yeah, to deal with it. Be reactive. I mean, I mean, that's, it's much to my consternation. It's like, I have ideas for things we want to build new. And then it's like, yeah, Google just went ahead and totally changed everything. And so now we just get to redo what we already have. And it's a little bit painful, but that's kind of what my pitch is. Is like, I'll eat the pain for you. Right. Like I can, right. we can suffer so that, so that folks can not have to suffer as much. <laughs> Um, and so it's a little demoralizing, but like, but, but we, but you know, again, it's like, it's like talking to customers. It's like being in a place like this is so helpful for me and for our, the team I have here and just getting, that's why I'm on Twitter all the time. It's cause like, if I never interacted with people that used my API, like there's no amount of like metrics going up or whatever that yeah. can motivate me. It's when I hear the stories and can attach people to them that, that that's what gets motivated, right? That's what motivates me. And so I can change, oh, they can, they could change it every year and I would be fine. Like just, <laughs> I mean, please don't, please <laughs> really don't. But, but, uh, but it's just part of our job, right? It's right. Like part of our core thing. And, yeah, we we would love to build more stuff and move faster, and we will. Um, but you know, we've kind of centered on this, and and you know, the core thing for us is doing it right, the core of it right, and that always like be the top for us, right? So when people change stuff, we got to get excited to read the new docs and yeah. deal with it. <laughs> so like last year, well, was it last year when Storkit two came out, uh, or was it two years ago? I don't. Either way, uh, whatever. When Storkit two came out. My vague memory of this, as someone who didn't have to deal with it, was that there was there was a little bit of fear that maybe it would mess you guys up. I have some other hater tweets that are like, "Bye bye revenue cat," linked to the <laughs> store kit two page. Yeah, I remember that day. How how was that like in the moment when that happened? What was the feeling? And then how did you kind of respond to it? Can we curse on stage? It's like, uh, oh, sh- oh shit! I don't know. I don't. I I <laughs> definitely read all of the code of conduct, but <laughs> okay, uh, I, I didn't memorize it. But so. it was yeah. I mean, it was. Well, in that moment, especially like, and I'm sure this has happened to other folks in the audience where like you've been working on something and like some exogenous thing happens, right? And like you didn't know. And the first thing is confusion, right? You're like, okay, what? You can read the headline, but you're like, okay, what does this actually mean, right? And before I freak out, well, okay, I freak out a little bit. And then let's read the docs. Like, what does this actually mean? Like, what, do, like, and Apple's really good at saying they built something and then you dig in and it's like, well, that was a lot of marketing, right? Like this is not really here. But, um, you know, I, I knew enough. I've been around Apple enough to know that that's not, that's kind of how they operate. And like, sometimes they're more, more, you know, noise or smoke than fire. I don't know what the analogy is. And, and so I started digging in and stuff, but my team was super shaken, right? Cause like they're seeing, you know, 
hater on Twitter be like, yeah. buy, buy revenue cat. And not all of them are like, so steeped in store kit to or store kit information as I am. And so, yeah, we had an all hands meeting that day where I was like, I don't think we're dead. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not sure, <laughs> which is kind of every day at a startup. You're like, I Fair. don't think we'll die today, but I'm not sure. Um, and so, yeah, I, it was definitely, I don't know when you're building anything that you've put a lot of light, you know, put a lot into and you really care about, um, you know, you're, you're on edge kind of constantly, right. like you're ready for it to die, especially cause you knew it didn't used to be a thing. You knew it was nothing and you made it a thing and you pushed it up the hill. And so your expectation is that if you stop pushing, it rolls right back down the hill. Right? Yeah. From and the outside, a company like that looks default alive, but from the inside, no. it's like the opposite, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. 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 It's like, you know, it's, it, it, there are, it, there is some truth to that. Like you get to a certain scale, it like starts to kind of work on its own and there's, but it's automation. That's all it is. It's automation. Right. Somebody still has to be like, you know, pushing it and moving it and, and all that stuff. And I think that's one of the things as, as a founder, as you scale a company, sometimes gets, you know, you feel somewhat alienated because people that come in, this is a good talk about our company values. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When you, you come in late and you're kind of like, well, this, this, this whole castle just exists for eternity, right? Like so this is a thing that's always existed and always will. And, and you're stone. like, yeah, exactly. And you're like, dude, this, this is all made up. Like we just built this like <laughs> 10 minutes before you got here. Right. Um, and I constantly retell, that's why stories are super important too. When you're building a company or a brand or whatever, it's like constantly retelling those myths and understanding like this that's, came from nothing. I haven't yeah. had, I don't think I've had many people like, I don't think I've had anybody who's a startup with this many employees. The, the whole like company myth thing, like there's an element to your story that is, uh, I'm guessing here that is like, I'm not going to say a lie, but like, uh, <laughs> you can say it, Charlie. Well, you no, 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 lie. that's a <laughs> intentionally structured to make it more clearly articulate yeah. the story, right? Yeah. A shtick. I think that's what they call it. Have you been intentional? Like, this is a weird question to, especially <laughs> normally it's on recording. Think and very I can say, carefully we can cut about this, the worry. next question you're going to ask, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Is everything you say a lie? No, like how, I guess as you're building a company and bringing people on, how much are you thinking about uh, that mythology and like how you maintain, a, I say maintain, create a culture that's a certain yeah. way? This, this, is, this is not recorded, you said? This is recorded, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, all right, well, I'll also say it anyway, I always joke, is this a joke? This is a humorous joke. <laughs> but I always say you can't have culture without cult, right? Like, uh, and is that bad? <laughs> maybe, maybe bleep that out. but. But I, 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 when, when folks start, yeah, and so the answer to your question, have I been intentional about it? Yes. Like, because a brand, I don't know, it's, 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 it's all around us. Deep Dish Swift is a, now a thing. Yeah. Like, Josh had an idea. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Seriously. Yeah, a little pandering. Talk about this didn't exist 10 minutes ago. But, yeah. That's what this whole thing feels like. Yeah. Knowing him 10 minutes ago. But it's like a brand and now there's people here and it's real. Like it's, it's not, it's not, it's fake, but it's real, right? <laughs> it has an existence now. And if Josh stopped pushing on it and all the folks, you know, helping bring this together, it would maybe dissipate, right? But like it has created a thing, right? And that's the sh true with my, like the company, right? And like what we do, 
um, our brand as it extends beyond, you know, when we're, I'm, t I'm telling customers and folks that might use us or folks that think about using us, like why I started it. The nice thing is, is it's, it's true, right? Like yeah. the story I've told you is true. It's just embellished a little bit, right? Like I make it, try to make it interesting. Yeah, it's entertaining. That's <laughs> right? what I, yeah, and, <laughs> I didn't that, find the right words, that, but. And that, you know, I'm, hopefully it makes it more compelling to listen to. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, to answer your question, like, you know, when you're building a company, like it's much better, even if you all agree to kind of participate in the fantasy a little bit, it does make it better. But that's like kind of what I do is like, I, when, when I onboard people, I'm like, Hey, like these are our values. They're made up like they're fake. But I find if they're still useful, right? Yeah. Like all of this is fake and kind of made up, but like it's still useful. And I think that's what I want people to come into it. It's like come into the party, enjoy like being part of the brand, like the, the company, the mission, like all that stuff. But also remember this is a fake thing and it's a business, right? So like don't give everything to it. But when you're here, we can kind of just all join in the collective like, I guess the, I guess that's it, the right? counter or the 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 thing you have to avoid is you can go too far oh, yeah, and yeah. End up you with can totally get lost in your own thing right yeah, I'm a little bit true. lost in my own thing like, <laughs> don't get me wrong like it's a little bit it's a little bit all-consuming yeah um but I think that's what you know it's nice to live in the Midwest where I have family that are like have no idea what I do and could not care less, right? And they're keeps like, you grounded. Yeah, they're, I'm, yeah. they're like, what do you do for work? I'm just like ah, computers stuff. <laughs> like, and they're like, cool, like IT. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like IT. And then they pull out their, you know, yeah, yeah. Can you Chromebook help me? <laughs> and they need you to get it connected to the Wi-Fi or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's a really good question. That was a hard hitting one. That wasn't on your list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I approved. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, speaking of being grounded. Uh, in the last, I guess, month? I don't know. I feel like the last month has been insane in my world. But sometime in the very recent future, you guys have had a couple of series of sort of setbacks isn't the right word, but hard things to deal with. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll just let you kind of explain what happened. Story time. If I have the server. Well, let's, just, let's talk about March 2023. Well, like uh, three things happened in March. Well, I don't even remember the order anymore. But we had a couple computer problems, which is kind of normal. But then also our, our bank went out of business. Oh, yeah. And so um, people ask me, like, how much money did you have in there? And I'd be like, all of it. And they're like, how much? I'd be like, a lot. Like, <laughs> a lot, a lot. And so we can talk about that first. Because I, I don't even remember. Like, the whole month felt like a day. But, um, you know, it's just very funny. Like, Miguel, I don't when you start a venture back thing, you don't have a bank account because you don't need one. And then you get investors and you're just like, you're doing a million things. And they're like, hey, you're Silicon Valley Bank. You're like, great. Sounds good. I'm in Silicon Valley. That makes sense. Um, and so you just do it. And initially you have $100,000 or $50,000 in there. It's like not a big deal. And then it's like a million dollars. And then it's like $10 million. And then it's like whatever, you know, like you raise and it's just all in there. It's just a number. Right? And you, in the back of your head, you're like, I remember this thing from like econ class in 10th grade about FDIC and some limit. <laughs> and you're like, that's not going to happen. When's the last time that mattered? It's fine. That's you know, that's not what's going to kill me, right? That's not what's going to bring right, down Right, there's a hundred, like, potential fires all around yeah, you all the time. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, Miguel texted me the morning, Thursday morning before it all shut down that afternoon. He was like, is this a thing? And I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
no way. And then, of course, I even went to like my friend whose startup does something with banks. And I was like, what do you think, bank guy? He's like, I think it's fine. I was like, great. I'm, I'm totally relaxed now. Obviously, that was wrong. We went into a big weekend of just insanity. Did not know, you know, we had significantly over the limit in there. And to be clear, I, for anybody that doesn't know, this was like Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapsing, I guess, and people losing access to the ability to at least get to their money, right? Yeah, nothing. I had, we had zero accessible dollars, and we had a quarter million dollar payroll. Yeah, is it important Monday. to have access to money <laughs> in a startup? So let's talk about working capital, everybody. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, you know, and... That was like one of the one of the th tough things. And normally, you know, we spent that whole weekend fighting fires and I was just like, how can I find money? It was kind of a fun little challenge. Now looking back that we didn't die, I was like, okay, who's got money? Who can I ask for money? And one of my hey, investors were wiring me like their personal money and like, just give it back on Tuesday. I'm like, sure thing, boss. <laughs> uh, and, and stuff like this. And, uh, you know, ultimately it worked out and there was somebody came up and talked to me, mentioned that the thread I did, because I woke up Sunday of that week weekend and like we did a lot of work on Saturday and I was just kind of I was like so burned out I was like I this is just I can't believe this is happening this is just the worst this is not what I wanted to do this and then I like somehow I woke up Sunday and I was like I'm not going out like this right <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I got up got a workout cold shower and I was like let's go uh and so that's when I started the tweeting right because um, yeah. you got to work and pulled your pulled Twitter out <laughs> and really like, let's go <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if it mattered, but the, it did like, I got some, I got some travel out of some of my tweets and I, I think it was seen by some people. I got called by like wa Washington Post and a few things and I don't know if it moved the needle for Janet to like save me or not. <laughs> Janet Yellen, the, yeah. the head of the treasury or whatever. It was uh, probably, I'm sure you're in the memos and yeah, I'm sure there's links to my notes. tweets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, uh, but at least I was, I felt like I was doing something right. Maybe I was just yelling into the void, the Twitter. No, void. Twitter's not like that. No, it's all, everything yeah. you say into there is, is, you know, productive. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so we had that. And then I think the, those, that was a weird problem. Did not expect that one. But then we had, you know, I'm used to make apps. Apps are, apps crash. That's like a crash thing, but a crash. I've never seen it. No, yeah. Never, well, Charlie's <laughs> apps never crash. I just put a whole thing in a try. <laughs> Solved. Um, uh, but, but, um, you know, apps crash sometimes. Sometimes all your, all your users apps crash because you ship something really, you know, bad, but like, that's not that off the common. It's usually, you know, it's one person experienced the crash. When you have an API where everybody's app uses it <laughs> and it, you break it, you break a lot of people all at once. Yeah. And so we had in February, um, AWS just decided to turn off our database and our backup database, which was, yeah, it's great. It was great because we were one. They were in different availability zones for high availability, um, but they were like. But actually, they're like connected to the same power strip. So sorry, we tripped on it, and they're both <laughs> off now. Imagining the uh, from airplane where the guy just pulls the cord out. Yeah. Like there's a single <laughs> server. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, and whoop, there it went. Um, we had that, and then we had a couple like self-inflicted issues also in March, and. Um, yeah, it's kind of just all compounded. You think you're like out of the woods. You're like, oh, I've got money. We've got revenue. We're growing. I've kind of got control on things. And then it was like, bam, bam, bam. In like three or four days or like three or four weeks, we had a bunch of stuff like this. And um, yeah, it's, it's humbling. It's good to know like at this scale, 
I still feel vulnerable, right? Because I think if I didn't, I would probably be demotivated. Like there wouldn't be skin in the game, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I can't lose. A game you can't lose isn't very fun, right? So um, as, as, as painful as it was, it was in some ways good, I guess. So how did you, I mean, coming out of that, was there a whole bunch of, all right, we need to rethink how we run things? Yeah, I mean, so reliability has been, obviously it's like a big thing for us always. Um, and it's, you know, there's prevention, like don't break things, right? <laughs> sure. And then there's when things break, how quickly can you fix them, yeah. right? And they're both very different, right? Prevention is very about being very slow and intentional, methodic tests, reviews, defensive programming, things like this. And on the other side, mitigation, when something goes down, that's a whole ball game. That's like, that's, that's a, everybody in the war room, like fog of war, like what's yeah. broken, where's the failing, the servers are screaming, what's going down. And that's, you know, this is not the place, but as, as bad as it is, you feel the really stakes, but that is like a really, I'm going to use this word exciting, but not like in a, like, I can't wait to do a server outage, but like just like a very intense environment yeah, yeah. where like, and when you can solve it, it's, it can be really thrilling, right? right? But like sometimes it takes a long time, but it's a skill in a well. It's like, how do you teach people to do that? Miguel and I had to do it, you know, over... When you were small. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 but in teaching a team how to do that, it's really challenging because, you know, Miguel and I used to hold the whole system in our head. And now like that knowledge just gets spread out. And so making sure that the right people are in the room to be able to fix it and quickly and things like that. So It's, it's interesting. I've never thought of the, the sort of difference between those two. Yeah. Like it's almost like... Like I always think of like a, you know, if you work at NASA or Boeing, everything moves so just dramatically slow because everything has to work perfectly. But also, Sometimes if something really goes fast. wrong <laughs> in a specific moment, yeah, you have to be faster than everybody else in the world. Yeah, it's, those it's are hard. two different muscles. Very different muscles, right? Yeah, um, and interesting. So, so yeah, I mean, after all that stuff, I mean, one thing Miguel and I woke up that it was like literally the week after SVB went down, and we were like, well, this, we got to fix this now, and. Um, and we came up with this concept, like, and this is one of these, it's a regret that we never, we didn't build this earlier in the process because again, it was like, it's like when the servers are running, you don't think about it. You're like, yeah. oh, it's working. We've got tests and detection and stuff like this. And we don't usually go down. Um, but you know, Amazon usually doesn't turn off our database like, um, and stuff. And so like we woke up that next day and we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta act. And the first thing we did was like design the system to be basically like apocalypse mode, like, you know, what, not rely on anything. What is the bare minimum we can do to make sure people's apps are still delivering? That's on the Come prevention in. side. Yeah. So it's like, even if something just totally like unexpected happens, like we have a backup layer and then the other stuff that's, that's in some ways the easy solve. We can build something. The harder solve is, you know, like how do you, how do you move quickly and build things and not like just, cause I, I can tell you if we never shipped code again, we'd probably never have an outage, right? Like, <laughs> like if we never improve the service. Well, not like, on the things you're not dependent on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Ex excluding these external dependencies, which are pretty reliable. Like AWS is... Okay, I'm not going to finish that sentence. But like... <laughs> uh, uh, A great partner. Yeah, the, the, the cultural changes are harder, right? Because it's like, you know, it's... And, and the thing with engineering culture too... Like some of it's teaching and showing and being like, this is how we want to do this. But you really have to build systems when you have that many people and be like, you know, here are the processes. Here's how we do it every time. And here's why too. Like if you want folks to do processes well, you can't just be like, here's the form because then everybody just complains about the form, right? right? But it's like, 
here's the why. Yeah. Right? And buy-in then, is such a big part yeah. of actually <laughs> corporate words, do the things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buy-in. We're the, synergies and buy-in is all I do all day. Uh, but, but that's much harder, but we're, you know, I think certainly it's like a wake up call, right? Like focus again. And it goes back to that core thing. It's like when APIs change, we have to be there when we're fighting server fires, we have to be there. Um, and stuff like that. And, and yeah, again, it's like, I'm a product person, I think at heart. And like, I want to build new shiny things, but I know I don't get to have my dessert until I eat my vegetables. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's, that's, uh, that's where we're aligned now. Um, and I think, uh, I just, I just said aligned, didn't I? We were talking buy-in and synergy and I just aligned came oh, out align. like <laughs> business words. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody will, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just something when you're in something long enough and I was just talking to Curtis, like his journey on slopes is so fascinating and years long. You're talking about like a long, you know, journey yeah, to yeah. where he's coming in overnight, 10 year instant success right. or whatever. Um, but you're always, I feel like you're always going to have these years, right? Or these months, these super, I call them super weeks sometimes. Like you just have, how could so many things possibly go wrong this week? Um, And I find that every time it compresses you, it like, you get a little bit better. Like your, 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 your stamina gets a little bit higher. So the next time, if it comes in at that same strength, it will be easier, right? Right. That's growth or whatever. But um, yeah. And it, and it keeps happening, right? Like you always think it's the, the hard part's over. It's just, no, it's never over. That's the fun part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's like you're building more stability around you, right? So it gets easier in those regards, but then be, uh, dealing with that or moving fast. It in, never, uh, it never gets easier. You just go faster. It's kind of the line. I stole that from the stripe guys, but interesting. It goes, yeah. you feel like it goes faster as you're getting bigger, like from yeah. the low level employee side, it kind of feels the opposite, right? Like the smaller the company, the more agile and fast you feel like you are. But once right. it's really big, you're kind of just plodding along doing your thing. That's true. That, that's probably a like privileged viewpoint, right? Oh, when you're I mean, on top where of it. you're at. Yeah. The, I mean, I'm yeah. seeing everybody's contri- contributions and how it's coming together. And, and I mean, objectively you look at the numbers and you're going faster and you're doing more. Um, but yeah, probably that's true. Like on an individual basis, like your slice of the pie or the thing you might be doing is, you know, a smaller piece of what it used to be. Yeah. But it's at your, at the, I don't know. I hate saying the top of the pyramid because you're at the top, but, uh, like all those, even though they're smaller contributions, they're all adding up to the company itself. Right moving and lots and lots of things happening all at once. And this is like a remote, a remote culture, remote work culture hack. And I'm sure folks that work remotely in this room, like ob- obnoxious oversharing is very good. Yeah. Like you want everybody to kind of, you want feeds of what you're doing in Slack and everywhere. Like, and I try to, we try to automate feeds. So when people are signing up and like things are happening and deals are closing so that everybody can see the velocity, right? So, because working alone and you're like, whatever bedroom office is very isolating. So like the more energy and like stuff, you can make it feel like a real place. I think that helps versus yeah. like <clears throat> being in a cube farm and like, you don't know what's going on. Right. Like, you don't know, like, yeah, stuff like that. Um, but, but it's still, I, yeah, I definitely the way you put that is that. Yeah. I get that. It, <laughs> it feels potentially that way. It feels faster to me. That's for sure. Yeah. So. I mean, that's interesting. I feel like that probably applies throughout an organization too, right? Like if you're a small independent new area of the company trying something out, everything feels really fast uh, and agile. But then as you grow, if you're still 
part of a big team, everything feels a little slower. But if you're managing that team, it's like, yeah, so much stuff is happening all at once. I mean, just on the topic of like growth in general, because I think that applies like everybody interesting. Like I think 10% or 20% or 30% or 50% of growth can feel similar. I think in any organization size, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like bigger organizations just tend to grow slower, right? A lot of times, you know, public scale companies, you're 10, 20% growth a year. Startups are startups, new apps, whatever. It's 50% plus a hundred percent, 200%. And that's, what's actually going to define your work experience. So like, if you're a big company, but you're growing a hundred percent a year, you're going to feel that because it grow. it should grow like in most dimensions, right? Unless it's like right. one BU that's growing, like you're going to feel that pull. And like, I think that's one of the exciting things working at a company that's scaling or any kind of thing that's scaling. And I think it's something I've missed out in the past. I wasn't, you know, Apple was, I wasn't there long enough to really feel the pull of like iPhone growing and all that stuff. But I don't think I was ever in an environment where things were growing because what happens is it's just, you know, as the, as the fabric of space time expands around you, <laughs> like new opportunities are created, right? Like new things to do. Um, and I think that's what's kept, you know, me engaged. And I think it's still what makes, it's why I'm, I've always hated big companies. And may, this is probably one of those things where I'm incapable of judging my own biases here. But like, I still feel really good like trying to convince people to come work with me because I'm like, I still think it's pretty cool. But again, if I wasn't good at selling that, I wouldn't have this job anymore. <laughs> so maybe that's a throwaway. I don't know. All right. I think, I think we have two minutes left. Is that accurate? Oh, we go till 530. Oh, sweet. All right. Let's talk about uh, Subclub. The podcast. The po- it's the second. My podcast. The second best app developer interview podcast. I think <laughs> is the way it's it's phrased here in my notes. At least the ones where it's only one host. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the? This is like a hard pivot over, but uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to get to this, so now I'm excited. Oh, good. We're in the bonus territory. The yeah, yeah. Question. So like, what's the idea? What's the idea there? I guess really this is a broader marketing question, but Subclub. Subclub in particular. Yeah. So this is so for for those that don't know, we have this. It's kind of like a side brand um, called Subclub that we wanted to create a place for content that wasn't so shillish, right? <laughs> it wasn't like purely marketing for Revenue Cat, but would like support the community. It's like a long play, right? It's like, hey, if we can create more content around this user base, lightly put our brand on it, but really just like bring people together and, and you know, kind of kind of get the stories told for the businesses that we support, which haven't been super told. Like yeah. it's an emerging kind of thing. Um, and so we, we started it as, I don't, we didn't have a podcast initially. It was like a private forum. We just like invited oh, okay. folks to, we were like, Hey, we know a bunch of subscription folks that probably have stuff to share. Like let's put a private forum together. Um, and that's, that's been well. And now it's like, we've opened it up. You, still not like open sign up, but anybody can kind of, you have an app or whatever, you know, we, it's, it's like the level of a Facebook group sign up where it's like, just prove that you're a human and like, <laughs> you participate. You can join um, and share stuff. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, that was, that was sort of the idea. Um, and then the podcast, I think it's kind of outpaced the forum a little bit as like the thing. And it kind of the same idea. It's like, we wanted, 
the opportunity to to let people tell tell their story and like learn. It's really good for me as a customer interview platform. <laughs> or like, yeah, because yeah, I, I get good conversations with folks that I can potentially help, and that's right. That's for, and that's just a personal benefit of it. Because how often do you? I mean, I've said this on this show a million times that like half the reason this exists is for me to just convince somebody to talk to me yeah. for an hour and a half. <laughs> that's my my whole company. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just need friends. So, <laughs> but like in your case, it's. How often can you get, you know, you can get customers to fill off surveys and at conferences you can talk, but like, this is like one-to-one really long, like, uh, intimate conversations about how their business works. That's probably, I never thought of that as like a channel that works its way into how you define the product. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is something I pushed with all the, a lot of that folks that build apps I talk to like community as a channel. And it sounds, it's a little gross because you're like, you're not doing community for the sake of community, but whatever. Um, it's still useful, right? Um, it can be a business and a good thing yeah. sometimes. Uh, but building a community around what you do, like I already think like, especially in consumer apps, like most likely you're serving a niche, most likely you're serving people, right? Um, they have a common interest. You've brought them together over your software. Like you should lean into connecting them in other ways. And the thing is, is now you don't need to... You don't need to, it doesn't need to be you don't have to set up a php bb you know right. it's like much easier as a, a joke for the you know people i got it yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. uh you don't need a you don't need a sql server anymore you can just do it with facebook right or whatever you set up a facebook right. group for your app um it can be anything right but it's bringing people together that normally wouldn't be able to connect or whatever and then and it's 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 honestly it's good for your your project or whatever because you're seeing conversations that you're not a part of, yeah. which is really good. You're saying like, what are my users concerned about? What are they telling their peers? Um, it's also, yeah, just a place, yeah, to, to get ideas from, to like, you know, get, get allies from as you're building stuff. And it's sticky. Like people will use, you go back, to, call back to the beginning of the show that, that the Mino Monsters nice. app that I made, like Pro. that never really took off, but like we created a Reddit and people are still hanging out on that Reddit. That yeah. app hasn't been on the store in 10 years. And people are still on that Reddit posting about it, right? Because it was a, there was a community aspect. And I think that's just something about human nature. Like we like to build social groups that are cohesive around things. Or I mean, back. look at this Yeah, audience, exactly. Right? Like, this like, is a thing, right? Yeah. And it's real. And like you can kind of build that, I think, for you know whatever it is you're trying to build. If it's something you're passionate about, bring your people together, right? Maybe there's already a forum for that and you don't need to. Sure. And yeah, I would yeah. argue don't fracture and create like five different groups. Like maybe just lean into the community that exists. Um, but you know, when I think about revenue cat, like the community was, you know, hugely influential for us getting off the ground. Right. And like, I, I have everybody to thank for not for only one, having one or two haters on Reddit. Not everybody <laughs> just throwing me out the door. Right. Um, but it comes through authenticity, authenticity, right? Like, and also just having, you know, getting folks on to tell their stories is way more interesting than hearing me talk. I mean, this is a bad podcast. But, uh, hearing me <laughs> yeah, talk. This all is day. awful. I yeah. regret this this whole time. <laughs> but but yeah, I think I think yeah, building that was the, that was the play. We didn't really know. Like we didn't yeah. know if it was going to be good. And I've had a lot of folks come up to me and say that they they like they didn't know it was us too. Like they see the sub club stickers uh. on, my, on our table and they're like, oh, you guys are sub club. And I'm like, part of, there's like part half of me is like. Yeah. All right. We did it. Like we built something. It's not like totally corporate shill right. territory. But then the other half of me is like, wow, we're really not using this channel. <laughs> uh, this podcast's not free. You like, got the little, uh, you know, devil. Yeah, on devil. The, the, like, on the, the, the you know, yeah, yeah the, the, the hippie and the communist or a capitalist like telling, like yelling at me one side and the other. Like, <laughs> 
just just be the community man the other side's like turn turn a profit right <laughs> uh it's all day in my head guys it's terrible yeah that's that's really interesting but you also do have some stuff like that is really more about you guys like you do the episode of, well not just an episode you do that whole report uh, yearly. That's what is that called? Oh, it's a state of subscriptions. Yeah. 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 That was something I was really excited about. I wanted to do earlier, much, much earlier. So like we, since we have a bunch of apps using this now, we have enough apps that we could pull data, like an aggregate about like how they're performing and stuff like this and publish it without, you know, blowing anybody up or like, you know, we had enough data finally this year. We've maybe had enough data for a few years, but I honestly just didn't have the time or the resources yeah. to do it right because I'm, you know, it goes back to, I guess, like my physics background. Like I just like good data. Like I don't like data that's BS. And a lot of those, I feel like a lot of those reports are pretty thin on like what's actually signals. So right. we put a lot of effort into it. We had to like ramp up contractors and things like that. But yeah, we put that out. Um, and we, yeah, we did an episode about it. Um, Cause like, again, it's, it's a community thing still. It's like, Hey, we aggregated this data and now you can kind of benchmark and see like, where's my app week or like how, how good am I, you know, on these things and the other, you're talking, you know, um, I saw again, Curtis has talked about where to focus on acquisition, retention and things like that. It's like, if you don't have those metrics, like I'm really trying not to sell right now, but I, oh, yeah, can, no. I, I physically cannot <laughs> That's what you're struggling with. Yeah. Not be like revenue Everybody go sign up right now. Um, but if you don't know that stuff, it's like, you can kind of spend time on the levers that aren't really important. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's why we made it. And I think like, yeah, I, I was I was pretty happy with it. Did you find yeah. it useful? Was it good? Yes. I, well, I just now have added subscriptions. Uh, oh, that's great! Like a couple of days before it's I an started officially dog fooding. You. Once you start cat fooding, I guess cat. Us, oh, yeah. do you call it cat fooding? Oh, come on, you. Wah, wah. you Are there a lot of cat, is, is cat themed? Okay, everything. So the cat thing. So, oh yeah. Okay. We so, finally got to the meat of this. So everybody thinks there's like some crazy story around why it's called Revenue Cat, and like it's really lame. The real reason is domain was available and you will never forget that name because it's revenue money and cat like everybody not everybody <laughs> loves cats but everybody's gonna remember cat and also like i also the third thing is like the bar factor so bar factor. Uh, I, I explain like my previous company we before we were elevate we were called mind snack okay yeah yeah and so can you imagine a noisy bar it's like where do you work mind snack? and they're like <laughs> what did you say mind snack it had like no like hard consonants in it. Oh, so I was like, okay, I need a name. And I like literally that's what it was. And it's worked. Cause like it's, you can hear it in a noisy room. It's yeah. memorable. And I could get revenue.cat. Like that was kind of what it was all about. And revenue.cat.com. Wait, could, you know, have revenue.cat? I oh, didn't I know. Have, I have revenue.cat. I have revcat.com. I have rev.cat. Pretty much every permutation just in case. Yeah. You got to yeah. be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Locking it down. One of our competitors has revcat.ru, revenuecat.ru, and it reworks wow. their website. Don't punch it in, please. <laughs> uh, which, should which, we beep that? Uh, which I should be mad about, but honestly, I'm like, that's pretty well funny. Well played, that's yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, no, that's, that's all it was. I don't have a cat. I've never had a cat. I really don't. Uh, and then, and then the, catty, the cattiness has kind of been turned up to 11. We hired a new mar head of marketing who's like, we're going all in on cat. And I'm like, all right. I was like, I tried for years. I was like, I just keep it lightly cat themed. Like, I don't want to get too cattish, but it was like too late, too late. It's out of my hands now. It's, it's you again, fires, you fight and fires, you let burn. And I'm just like that one. Uh, it's fine. I think people like it. I don't know. It's fine. I like, I like puns quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's the, too the organizer of this conference also, it's a small fan of puns. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I don't know if, 
anybody knows Paul Graham, the white, white commentator guy, he's the only one who was very vocal about hating the cat <laughs> aspect of it. And like, I'm already a little self-conscious about it, but then like this like tech luminary, whatever guy right. is like supposed to be important. And he's like, oh, your business is great, but the cat, no, it's terrible. Nobody's ever going to use it. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's when I bought RevCat.com, $6,000. I spent that same day. Wow. Yeah, that's how insecure I am. <laughs> uh, I, I, I ran out and I, I bid on it. It was parked. And I was like, well, it's mine now. I, I have venture money. I can spend $6,000 on a domain I'll never use. Uh, like uh, like uh, commissioning uh, music. Oh yeah, theme commissioning songs. a theme song. That was a zero interest rate phenomenon for sure. <laughs> was it's that so the, that was last year? Yeah, this was. So, I'm not explaining what this is. So so anyway, I commissioned. Yeah, again, some in a moment of mania and zero <laughs> interest rates. I I to go back to the cult culture thing and like I was like, you know what, you know what we need. A theme song. That was the first thought. We need a theme song. Like all companies. Yeah. Well, you know what? I honestly, there's this, uh, there's this. Uh, I believe it's in India, crack tractor company called Josh, Joshy Josh. It's just called and Josh. They, it's the Josh Tractors, okay. and they have somebody linked me a theme song, and I was like, you can just sing a song about your company and record it and put it on YouTube, and that's a thing you're totally allowed to do. And so when I saw that, I was like, it would be pretty funny if we did that. That's like kind of where it stopped being normal. Right, because at that point, it's like, oh, haha, that's pretty funny. I have a song. Yeah. And then I was like, but I can't, I can't just do it normal. <laughs> so I also found the guy. So I was born in 1987. Pokemon was a really big thing when I was like nine. And the, I don't know if you remember the television show. Yeah. It was, had all these themes about independence and like exploration. Da, 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 da. And the theme song is really bopping yeah it's, really it's, it's good. good it'll amp you up and i still listen to it so anyway, i found the guy <laughs> who sang the song and i got him to write the revenue Kathy <laughs> song and the, the rub is i didn't tell my finance people until i kind of had signed the deal <laughs> and they were like you spent what on what and this was the worst part this is like she, she had never heard this, the song or the show. I, <laughs> like, it was like the worst, hardest. I've pitched a lot harder. I don't know. You it was the hardest pitch a, of my life. You were expecting like a laugh at least. Yeah, something. I was like, isn't that fun? It's like the first person I told because she has to write the checks. And I was like expecting like, oh, that's awesome. And she's like, I'm so confused <laughs> by what you just did with our money. But anyway, it's on the TV out there if you guys want to hear it. So we, I got, mean, we have to use it now because <laughs> yeah. now there's interest rates. And, I do you know, get it money stuck in my precious. head. Uh, so yeah. there's that. It's, it's okay. It's catchy. It's <laughs> catchy. But I, no, I mean, I probably could have got it for cheaper, but like uh, no regrets, right? Uh, and stuff. And now we're using it for marketing too, which is great. I did not Synergies. intend it for that. Synergies. Yeah. I originally wanted it to be an actual parody of the Pokemon th- song. And then I was like, it's covered under parody. But then I was like, as soon as we put that, that leaks and then it becomes commercial, then it's not parody anymore. And then the, the Nintendo's going to sue me, which would be kind of cool. <laughs> That'd be exciting to use what that a, word in the same way as before. To be like, yeah, this is a, a you know, my, how'd your startup die? Well, <laughs> I got sued by Nintendo because <laughs> I stole their song from a cartoon from 20 years ago. But everything else was going great up to that point so you know eh, you win some you lose some right <laughs> exactly so alright we are we are getting close on time I'm not used to actually having a real time limit so I'm like very conscious it's a skill, it's of, a skill you build you know yeah, I guess, yeah I guess so uh, so 
I'll ask you the question uh, I ask everybody to end the show, which is, what's a person or people out there that have inspired you that you recommend others check out? Uh, at El Watto, E-L-W-A-T-T-O. It's my co-founder. Uh, he's back in the back of the room. I love him very much, like in a co-founder way. Uh, and you know, we've worked together for a long time now. And like, I suggest this to anybody. Um, if you, I think the only thing worse then no co-founder's a bad co-founder, but if you can have a great somebody, a partner in a business and you know it's somebody you can really trust and stuff like that, there's zero, I can say this confidently, zero percent chance I'd be here right now. Like, and not just because like, he's good at computers and stuff, but like, when you have highs or you have lows, it's nice to have somebody who's having a high to like balance it out um, and stuff like that. And that's true. It's getting real cheesy, but that's true outside of business relationships, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's just like surround yourself with people that you know can can help help you get there wherever that might yeah, be. Yeah, lift you up when you're down and yeah. elevate your wins. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. can push you and kind of especially if you, you get really close with somebody and call you on your BS too. Like they know yeah, you better yeah. than anybody and like they're not afraid. They know the relationship is strong enough to like push you and challenge you and stuff. So yeah, I definitely check him out. Uh, I, I, you asked me to come up with somebody b this morning and first I thought Miguel and I was like, oh, I got to do better than that. Uh, but then I forgot to think about <laughs> it. So, it's but it's a good quite one. The anyway. endorsement right there. It's a good one. Anyway, yeah, you should yeah. check him out. El Watto on Twitter. So awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Thank you so much for doing this All right. uh, kind of insane thing. I hope it was, I heard some laughter. So yeah, <laughs> it, it could have been at us or with us, but there's better than it's silence. All laughter, so thank to everybody. Do you, that's yeah. your job. This is your podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, where can people find you and your work? At the big red booth that's plastered all over this conference. So and what about the people listening? Cause this oh, is a podcast. Sorry, they're too. not here. I keep forgetting that actually. Okay. Yeah. Hi. So sorry people. everybody. Uh, revenuecat.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the first ever launched live. I'd love to hear what you think. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Chucky C or Mastodon at Charlie M. Chapman at Mastodon.social. Huge thanks to Josh Holtz and the entire Deep Dish Swift organizers for setting this all up. For show notes and more, go to launchedfm.com. Perfect. That's all you need to know. All right. So. Stop the recording. Dang. All right. Now is when we now like is when talk. it gets good.